Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Good morning, Chuck. What's going on, man? Good morning, guys. How are you? Man, not too uh not too bad. We me and Tommy roughed it yesterday and hundred plus on, on the golf course. You know what? We're hitting yesterday, and I think after the majority of my swings, I'm having to yell four. 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 Over and over. But Tommy actually played the I don't know why you got mad. You had some good shots yesterday. I guess you just have a you know, my, higher expectation. I think that's a good way to sum level it up. of yourself. But I was I was impressed by, by some of the swings he had yesterday, Chuck. Well, to answer the question, I know comes next. No, Ty, I did not play <laughs> golf. Not this, play golf. <laughs> this is how we start every Monday. Every Monday, doesn't he? So, no, I did not play <laughs> golf this weekend. But I appreciate you leading into that question and the and and, and the way you went about it. A preemptive no, strike. I did not play. A preemptive like strike by Trevor. No, I feel no, like it's I did cu- not play golf. It's customary to a- after a weekend. I, I know a, a lot of again guys uh, over the course of the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, they have set golf times, and I just. I just associate you with golf, Chuck, and your uh, and your improvement. I, I'm trying to get to a point where I'm again shooting in the 80s, like y'all. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but uh, go get them, man. Go we'll get have to em. wait and see. Well, Chuck, um, you kind of mentioned the the Monday show and the Monday question. Unfortunately, it seems like these last couple weeks, these last couple months, we're having to discuss the passing of some Razorback, whether it's a football tie, a basketball tie, whatever the case may be. And unfortunately, this morning, we have to talk about the passing of Keith Stokes. Um, Chuck, you knew him. Uh, I've interacted with Tusk before. Just kind of your thoughts on what happened over the course of this weekend. Well, every loss hurts. I mean, every loss hurts. And we've been through a lot of them. And this one, you know, certainly... Hurts in a major way. Uh, Keith and his family are such wonderful people. Uh, Keith was a giver. I mean, he was a giver in every respect. And, you know, I don't know if there's anybody out there, at least not very many that I've met, that I don't know of anyone who's ever heard them say what's in it for me. And, you know, I never heard Keith say that. And uh, this was all a labor of love for them. And I know particularly at the outset, um, the burden, financial burden, um, really went to them. And they, um, you know, they threw a lot into this. There have been a lot of donations and things as the years have passed. But, you know, Keith and Julie and their family, I mean, I knew them when their children were literally that, children. And now they're grown-ups. And 
Um, they've just been, and they are, the whole family, just wonderful people. And i um, just so sorry that this has happened. I never got a chance to, to go to Darnell, but, Tommy, I know that that was one of the cool things. Because, of course, we're the, not just Tusk, but couple Tusk over the years were housed. That's, it's just a really cool setup to how this thing got initially started back well, in the day. And, or restarted, I should say. Yeah, You know, live mascot programs, I, I, I don't think any of us consider all that goes into it on a day-to-day basis. This is the, you know, care for a, for an animal, then traveling an animal in a, in a, in a special trailer that, uh, you know, two hours, two and a half hours away. I mean, there, there is, like you said, a lot of effort that goes into this and a lot more expense. And, uh, you know, I didn't know Keith in, the, in that family, but I, you know, went past that trailer, saw it many times on game day, just like every other fan. And you don't really stop and consider everything that went into it, like I said, selflessly from the Stokes family. Yeah, I've been down there to their farm several times. And I will tell you that I wish every one of our fans over the years could have gone down and spent a week and compared the way Tusk lives to the way you live (laughs) and see who had it better. Um, I can promise you Tusk is pampered. Um, They love what they do, and uh, they love it. It's in their hearts, and they treat it that way every single day. They always have. And Keith was the one that did the majority of the work. I mean, he was the uh, he was the you know he was the head of the household. He was the farmer. He was the leader of that operation, and he's the one that did it. And um, you know, he was so highly thought of. He's on Senator Cotton's staff, and uh, was a liaison, I guess you might call it, uh, for a lot of agricultural issues in our state. We know him as the caretaker of Tusk. Uh, there are a lot of farmers in our state that uh, uh, know him as an advocate and uh, know him as a friend and a colleague and someone who has given uh, to them. And um, just a special guy, special in every way. Just just 60 years old and uh, so young guy. And we've had a few questions already. Will the family continue the work of, of taking care of Tusk? I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think any of us would, would know what the, what the future of that program is. But I think it's far enough along and Keith carried the ball far enough down the field, uh, that program will sustain. Well, and, you know, that's for a different day. And you're right. I know a lot of people have already asked about that. And there will come a time when, um, you know, we, we, we get to that point. I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that, um, you know, this is a mantle that should continue to be carried. And whether it's by this family or with the help of others i don't know the answer and i don't want to get ahead of myself right here but i i feel confident in saying that um this this uh, this will not end what i found fascinating about kind of all of the work that keith put into this is that wasn't even his full-time job i just assumed without any prior knowledge that that was his full-time job but it wasn't oh, no. at all it was no. a it was one of many things yeah. they did on and they do on that farm yeah. one of many many things i thought that was a, a cool part i even saw that the uh the caretakers of bevo of course the texas mascot reached out and i know there's a camaraderie amongst like actual mascots the big red and what well, but i saw that was kind of a a cool touching moment as well one of the things that you know again we, we we've talked as so many of our heroes have um, have have passed recently. We've we've talked about the importance of interaction with our fans, with our people, with our fellow Arkansans, and for a lot of children. And Ty, you've even talked about it. Yeah. How just meeting Tusk, 
How many had the opportunity to feed Tusk a grape? You know, how many had the opportunity to have their picture made when they were a child? And how many of them still have the picture? Um, those are moments that live forever, and that's the legacy of that program. And it's the really, in many respects, the legacy of Keith um, because he's the one that, again, um, their family has done this because they've loved it not because it brought them any acclaim or not because it certainly brought them any financial reward or employment. Uh, Far from it. It was the opposite, if you want to know the truth, for many, many years. And... um but they did it because it was in their hearts. I used to make my dad, Baylor Brad, and Daddy Joe, who, again, was one of the biggest Razorback fans I ever met, They that was an intentional part of our game day setup. Of course, I wanted to go into the game itself, but I made sure that my brother and I were getting the chance to feed Tuska Grape. There's probably like a picture, like you said, lying around of us somewhere at this point in time. That is just such a cool moment for the kiddos growing up as the – the interaction aspect and i know for me that was one of my favorite things growing up as a kid yeah and and um you know again most of the time when people went and did that keith was the one that greeted him and helped him feed that grape so um but it was a family affair uh they were all involved in it as i mentioned their um you know their children are grown now and they're married and um you marry into that I mean, you, you you marry into the Tusk program. That's just kind of how it works. I'm sure they'd all tell you that. I like how... Um, so it's been a family affair. I like how Hunter framed um, his... An, an the, again, the unfortunate announcement of Keith. He said, Keith, Stoke, St- Keith Stokes represented everything right about our state. And that's kind of, again, Chuck, what you kind of brought up. Because this job, it's... I mean, yes, there's donations. Yes, there's, there's people that thank you for being there. But at times, it is a... And I know it's a thankless job, but it's it's never I don't know really how to frame that at that point. But it is just, again, such an impact that he had well, doing that. You're right. And the rest of us, most of us, I would imagine the overwhelming majority of people listening right now will note Keith's passing because he's the caretaker of Tusk. Respectfully, that Dardanelle Community Center is not going to be full tomorrow because of the work just that he did with Tusk. It's going to be full because of the work that he did for lots of people in many, many walks of life. Again, this is only one of many, many things that he was involved in. He was a school board member. He was and I know that, you know, there are so many committees in Yale County uh, and in Dardanelle that he was a part of related to farming. And, uh, you know, he's again on the school board and, and, a, and a part of Senator Cotton's staff. Um You know, Tusk was a big part of their lives and probably, if the truth were told, the most enjoyable part of the work that they did. But, you know, again, that that community center is going to be full because of all the lives he's touched every single day. And, And you just don't meet many people like that. We'll come back to the conversation a little bit later on this morning, but uh, certainly uh, a lot of gratitude, I think, for most Razorback fans for what Keith Stokes and his family have done. Uh, for the live mascot program. Sad to see uh, someone that truly cared, genuine person, no longer with us. So we've got college football back this week. We've got Razorback football back in 12 days. We've got Eddie in Clarksville on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Eddie, welcome into the show this morning, man. Good morning, gentlemen. And I'm starting to get pumped. You just said it. 12 days away now. And so for this fan base, whoo, it's going to be a good season. You know, I believe, you know, Luke Bryan, one of the great country artists 
uh, all time wrote a song. He believes most people are good. I tell you, what Clarksville believes. I believe in our coaching staff. I believe in Coach Pittman. I believe we got the best quarterback running back duel in the country. I believe we're going to have a great season, nine or more wins. And I, since 2011, it's going to be a great season. That's what I believe in. I believe in this fan base. I believe in the Wupik Suey. As I, as I woke this morning, I could ever hear it blowing. I could hear the sound of the marching band. And that journey is going to start 12 days away in Little Rock, gentlemen. And I just can't wait because that, you know, the first win, we're going to get off to a great start. I believe that. You know, Michael, I'll leave you with this. You know, Michael J- Jackson, one of the greatest mega artists of all time. He wrote a song, two mega hits, one called Beat It, the other called Thriller. And so, put this in your coffee this morning. This season is going to be a thriller. And I beat it. Listen to some of these lyrics. No one wants to be defeated. So, somebody up to these players, I believe they're going to be ambassadors of winning this year. And so, Woo! A great season. And so, get ready. And I'll leave you with one more thing. You know, i got a little grandson. I'll share this with you. He's just two and a half years old. His name is Matthias. And, you know, a fan made me a wooden whistle at work just a couple years back because he liked the whistle blowing. And so, he gets my whistle and he starts to blow it. And I'm starting to teach him the woo-pick suey. And he hadn't got the suey down, but he's got the woo-pig. And I'm asking his fan base, Where's your passion at now? So when you go September 2nd in Little Rock, if a two-year-old can believe it, you can achieve it. And so that's what Ronnie Lott said. And for those that don't know who Ronnie Lott is, he's one that's considered one of the best defensive backs to ever play in NFL history. And so he said, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. So thank you for taking my uh, call this morning for fan base all aboard. Full steam ahead because it's going to be a great season. So fasten your seatbelt. Eddie, thanks for the call. We got a Michael Jackson and a Luke Bryan mention mm. during the course of of that call. Eddie's an eclectic guy. He's got uh, he's got a variety of tastes. Yeah. Tupac, right. I know he's mentioned Tupac. He's mentioned several other artists before, so he's kind of all over the yard. I know Sam Pittman. He's been asked about what's on his jukebox before, and he'll go. A wide variety, a wide array of uh, different genres that he listens to before and after games. Yeah. So, to Saturday scrimmage, we uh, we take the conversation. Everyone that has gotten to see or when you hear Coach Pittman talk, it always inevitably, Chuck, comes back to the defensive line. Uh, Jeffco was in there with him on Saturday, and he, he kind of stood up with him there at the end at the podium and you know just kind of physically showed him off. But, man, I, we, we've talked about KJ and Rocket being the, the – kind of the two centerpieces of this team. I'm not sure that Jeff Code, at least through the first couple of weeks of camp, had moving into that conversation. Well, he's certainly a specimen, that's for sure. And every time you hear him talk, they speak of how difficult he is to block. And um, Coach Pittman really, uh, you can tell, is proud of him and feels like he's going to have a chance to have a good year. I'm excited about a lot of those guys. I think Landon Jackson on the other side is poised to have a great year. I think it's... You're going to be a, a a real addition to have Torian Carter back. Um, I'm anxious to see Cam Ball fully healthy. Eric Gregory's a name that keeps popping up, and there's just lots of them. And we've not even gotten to guys like Zach Williams. And I'm leaving other guys out. So that's a pretty good group. But Jeff Coach seems to be one they really like, and everybody seems to struggle to block.
outside of Pittman, he was also in with the media on Saturday. Here's what he said about being hungry this fall. I'm just grateful for being on the University of Arkansas football roster. Um, I just take great heed in this opportunity. Just being around great players like KJ, just motivation to me to just contribute. Just a hunger factor in me. I just feel blessed and fortunate. Now, he had a better junior season than what he did at Missouri last year. I don't know if injuries contributed to that, but he had 21 tackles in one sack last year compared to 35 and three and a half in 2021. Got it like 11 total in his in his time at Missouri. So this guy, again, that's played a lot of football to this point. And if, again, as a super senior here in Fayetteville, hopefully he again can do exactly what you're all talking about. There won't be a snap from an opponent where you don't know where that guy's lined up at. I, you know, that's that, that's the kind of read I'm getting. Is But Arkansas's going to have a few more guys that you got to be accountable for. But sounds to me like he's the guy that opposing OCs are going to know where he's at. The quarterback's going to know where he's at before the snap is taken. You need a guy on the defense who can wreak havoc if you're going to be a really great team. You think about Perkins for LSU and, and Turner. For Alabama, and they're not the only ones. I was looking at ESPN's All-America team, preseason All-America team. Six of the 11 are from the Southeastern Conference. All those guys are game wreckers, guys who can just destroy what the offense has planned, somebody who can just wreak havoc. I think about like Jadavian Clowney used to be at South Carolina. Guys that are one-man wrecking crews can go through a stretch of a ball game. I'm not saying for the whole time, but go through a stretch of the ball game where they just own the guy opposite them. And no matter what the other side does, they can't block them. And they make game-changing plays on the defensive side of the ball. Every great team has that. They're hard to find. But all you got to do is think back to that LSU ball game last year. And look at what one guy on the defensive side of the ball can do. How he can change every single snap. And you got to have somebody like that if you're going to be great. But again, I'm not saying he's that guy. He might be. He's a candidate. But if you're going to be great, you got to have one of those guys that can just wreck what the other side's trying to do. You had one last year in Drew Sanders who near, nearly had 10 sacks. Jordan Dominic was also pretty solid. He had seven halves. He combined 17 sacks between those two. Now with him going to Colorado, Drew going to the NFL, you had to, again, find a way to replace him at this point in time. And whether it's Trajan Landon or whoever, it, it really doesn't matter. Like Arkansas fans don't really care. It's just kind of like you're saying. It's just got to be one of them, and it could be again a collection. Like it, it doesn't have a, a guy doesn't have to get double digit sacks for the first time since 2010, Jake Beckett. But if you can get around that 40 range again, I think a lot of Arkansas fans will be happy with the season results. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that one game changer, one game wrecker is enough. We did have that last year with Drew Sanders. He's, he's really the only one I'd put into that category. Respectfully, I, I, I wouldn't put Jordan Dominic in that category. I would put Drew Sanders in that category. Um, but you didn't have enough guys at other spots. You know, you, you, that, that's why the overall depth, and if you've got a good defense, if you've got some depth on that defense, and then you've got a game record, boy, you can, you can win some ball games on that side of the ball. if you want to jump in here on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Now, we haven't heard a chance to hear from Coach Travis Williams in a while, and we're talking about, again, the defense, what the defensive line will look like. When he was asked about, hey, what kind of what's the mindset of your unit 
Here's what he said. Can you get to the quarterback with just rushing four? Or do you have to bring more than four, bring five, bring six? I think it's all situational. But a lot of times, offenses put defenses on their heels. You know, they give you pace. When you got to get lined up, they give you unbalanced. They give you formation in the boundary. So a lot of times, defenses are kind of reacting. So it's always good for a defense to throw a curveball and, and make the offense panic a little bit. You know, that's my mindset when it, when it comes to blitzing. I think he said something important there at the, the very front. It's can you get pressure with four? They weren't able to really do that last year. Yes, they had a great sack total, but it was consistent blitzing from your linebackers, particularly Drew Sanders. If you can get pressure with four, even if your linebackers are just okay and your back end's just okay, it's going to get covered up by the consistent, again, pressure that you get from maybe your defensive line. That's a really important thing. And, you know, everybody says, oh, I want our defense to be aggressive. I want our defense to be aggressive. We got to go get them. We got to blitz more. That's because you're not getting to the quarterback with four guys. Oh, we got to bring more guys. You know, we got to be more aggressive. Well, if you're getting to the quarterback with four guys, nobody says that. And that's when you've really got a chance to lock some things down on the back end when you can get to the quarterback with four guys. It is not a given. It is not a given. But, you know, you're right, Ty. At least you're on the right track there that, you know, yeah, you can get sacks via the blitz. And, boy, you can look like, hey, we're aggressive, man. We're bringing the house. But you better get to that quarterback. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you got, and this was the case last year, Mm -hmm. you got sometimes a second teamer out there trying to guard somebody's all-conference receiver, and it's a mismatch. So that aggressiveness, yes, it's important, but the most important thing is getting to them with four because if you can do that, it's kind of like on the other side of the ball. You hear them say, I want to be able to pass when I want, run when I want, do whatever I want. If you can get four guys getting to the quarterback without having to blitz, you can do anything you want to do on the back end. If you can do what you're talking about, it becomes a simple number. But it's a big if. It's a big if. Then you've got, if you get to the quarterback with four, that leaves seven guys to guard as many as five coming downfield from the offensive side. So, I mean, it, it, then you have the advantage. I mean, at the most simplistic way to put it, that's what you're, that's what you're talking about here. If four can rush the quarterback, you got seven to guard five. That, that's as simple as it gets. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-367-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. 
When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So high school football begins in this state this Friday, 12 days out from Arkansas football. And I guess if you add five days to the Razorbacks, you're 17 days out till the NFL season when the Kansas City Chiefs host the Detroit Lions. Josh has phoned in here from southwest Arkansas in Texarkana. He's got a chief story he wants to share with Chuck. Good morning, Josh. Hey, uh, Tommy and Chuck. I know Tommy can relate, but back in the early and mid-90s, everybody had starter jackets, you know, Mm. where the NFL (laughs) teams were on them. Yeah, I remember. Yep. We had had a guy in school in in elementary who had a chief starter jacket. (laughs) And uh, around... 40 cowboy jackets and one 49er jacket, you know. <laughs> and uh, Ronnie Lott hit Christian Okoya so hard, it knocked that starter jacket off that kid for the rest <laughs> of his life. But it, I just had to share an Arkansas guy, run, Chris, you know, rent the love of the of the Chiefs for that kid. It was, it was a great time in Ronnie Lott's history and getting rid of Chief fans. So, anyway. Funny. Y'all have a good morning. Yeah, Thanks, good. Josh. Hey, somebody brought up Bill Kenny a minute ago, their quarterback in the 80s. The storied 80s of uh, Kansas of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs football, Bill Bill Kenny. He was a dandy. I'm assuming they were horrible during his tenure? They were pretty horrible, Don't yeah. They were pretty okay. horrible. I'm sensing some uh, sarcasm there. Y'all going to help. Uh, my NBA history in the 80s and 90s is a lot better than my NFL history you're going to have to, when some of these names you're mentioning. Now, the Chris- Kansas City had an NBA team for a while. The, uh, the Kansas City Omaha Kings. They yeah. then became the Sacramento Kings. Now, he brought up Christian Okoyo. That was Steve Atwater that knocked him out, right? Ronnie Law may have hit him too, but Did yeah, at, at, Atwater's the one that had that highlight real hit on Okoyo. The, it's the Nigeria Nightmare. Mm-hmm. That was his nickname. Yeah. Uh, yep. that's, that's oh, he was good. He was good. Number 35. That's one of the coolest names. I, I did find it a bummer. You brought up Joe Montana earlier. I always think the coach quarterback reunions when they're on different teams are awesome. We didn't get to see that AFC-NFC battle because I think the, the Chiefs made it to the AFC Championship but weren't ever able to get to the Super Bowl. We never got to see Montana take on, I guess that would have been Walsh, that matchup. Which I think would, and to see him take on Young, which would have been really cool. We didn't get to see Brady and Belichick either, but I always think that dynamic when a quarterback leaves and he gets to battle his former coach, I always think that's really cool. Was Dick they did have some good teams when Schottenheimer was there. Yeah. Schottenheimer's a good coach. D- and Dick- I guess Montana played for Schottenheimer, didn't he? I was trying to remember. Is that Dick Vermeil or Schottenheimer? That's what I was trying to remember but i guess vermil came later well, he went to st louis after he uh did he go to kansas city at the end i don't recall I don't how many uh how many nfl what, what nfl stadiums have y'all been to 
So I've been to Arrowhead. I've been to the Giant Stadium. I don't. I don't. I can't remember if it's MetLife or Meadowlands. I always get those two mixed up. And MetLife. Like, go ahead. I I, I want to go to Lambeau at some point. Me and Brett Good have talked about that. I've got to make it up there at some point. It's just hard with our NFL season. I think those are the only two NFL stadiums I've ever been what to. What both Cowboys stadiums? Oh, I guess yeah, I've been to Cowboys. That's uh, oh, wait, wait, Texas Stadium and I've been to Cowboys Stadium. But uh, I remember I, first NFL game I ever went to Dolphins at the Cowboys. Oh, it was late eighties. Jerry Mark Bright was the referee. They just brought replay back, and they set an NFL record that day for replays. There's like nineteen of them, literally in that game. It was the longest game ever. <laughs> And that's uh, what inspired Tommy to become uh, a high say, of all the Chuck of all, all the FaceTime that <laughs> yeah. guy's getting. Yep. I want to be that, that guy. guy. Of all the things to remember, the players, the coaches. Well, was, Chuck, the first thing that comes out of his mouth. Jerry Mark Bright. Jerry, Jerry Mark, Mark Bright, Bright was the referee. That's right. He, he was, was a star, role man. Model. Yeah. Jeez, role please. model. What about? I think they got rid of replay. He got rid of replay as a result of that game. Uh, Chuck, what about you, man? Which NFL stadiums have you crossed off? You know, list? for 30 years, Sunday's really been a work day. And so I, yeah. I, I've I've not gone to a lot of NFL stadiums. I've been to both Cowboys stadiums and I've been to Arrowhead. And that's really it. Mm. I, well, I'll take that back. I, I've been to the stadium in Miami. But um, that's really about it. Uh, the yeah. two regional Unless ones. Unless we played a game there. And I don't, I don't, unless the Razorbacks have played in one that I don't recall. Yeah, before- Tampa Stadium. But not a Bucks game. Yeah. Before we, uh, you know, before I had, I'm like Chuck Sunday when Houston Nutt had his press conferences on Sundays, uh, middle yeah. of the afternoon. So I mean, and there was no Zoom, there was no dialing in. You had to drive up, and for for years, several years, you'd you'd drive up, you'd sit in the conference room, you'd record it, you'd Ugh. bring it back, you would edit it. It was an all day Sunday deal. So I didn't for for many years, or I say many, four, three or four, four or five. There was no Sunday watching football. You drove up, you got the you got the work done, you drove back, you edited it, and had it I ready see, for a Monday I'm, show. I'm, I'm going to go watch the Cowboys and the Patriots this year. They they play in Dallas the day after the Razorbacks play a That'd be good. Ezekiel Elliott taking on his former team. He looks yeah. like an offensive lineman right now, the way he's in shape. Well, that's not why I'm going, but it'll be an added attraction. You're right. <laughs> That'll he's be going for the $20 beers. That's why oh. he's going. You know? yeah, oh, well, those, that's why we're all going. Those will get expensive at this point. Well, we've got, again, NFL season quickly approaching, Arkansas football in 12 days. You've got the college football season beginning this weekend. Tommy, you no. also. Hey, I guess we've been to Charlotte, too. I, I didn't think about that. We went to we yeah, right. that Charlotte. stadium. Yeah, Belk Stadium. Yeah, I've been to Houston when they played Texas. Uh, played Texas yeah, down Houston. There. That's right. It's all yeah. coming back to me. Yeah. Well, Tommy, we've also got high school football beginning this week. I was kind of was writing down, jotting down some of the games that we had this weekend. It's weird to say Northside and Southside are non-conference opponents, but yep. they are. We've got Alma at Van Buren. Got Battle ben, of the Bones. Benville West against Booker T, where Felix went to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenbrier at Farmington. Uh, Stuttgart at Warren. Stillwater's coming here to take on Greenwood. That'll be a Who great beat game. beat Greenwood last year over mm-hmm. there. That's going to be, I'm going to tell you, that's going to be a dandy of a game. Benville at Broken Arrow. That'd uh, be a good one. Moralton at Russellville. Uh, Ozark against Clarksville, Chuck. Um, Central's playing Little Rock Christian. Hope we don't get clobbered in that one. Pottsville against Elkins, DQ's old squad. And then Cabot at Fayetteville are some of the notable games I wrote down this upcoming week. If I miss one, again, I'm not the high school expert. If I miss one, text them in here on the McClarty Daniel hotline. But a great week one in high school football in this state. Yeah, and hopefully the weather will simmer Ooh. down a little bit. I, you know, all and these I games are so too. scheduled to start at 7. I, I really wish they'd push. I, I know 30 minutes doesn't sound like much. But, man, when that sun can finally set down below those bleachers and put the field in more shade. And it's not just dangerous for the players. 
it may be as as or more dangerous for the for the fans that are of uh, you know of the parent age and the grandparent age to to sit in that heat. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things will simmer down for Friday night. It's going to be. I think warm. you ought to push them all back to Saturday and play at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's what you ought to do. Be all right with me. I mean, at least you'd have a little bit cooler weather. You know, this past scrimmage, it sure seems like Trajan Jeffcoat was the priority of uh, a lot of the conversation. We heard from him after Sam Pittman with K.J. Jefferson. We also heard Sam Pittman talking about him. Here is what he had to say about the Missouri transfer and the impact he's had so far. You know, you got seven, he just walked in. You got him coming off the edge. That's a bad man sitting back there, and, and it's going to take a really good offensive line. You know, and here's the other thing with him. We're not going into the scrimmage saying, okay, we're going to slide to him, we're going to chip him, we're going to do all those things. We're trying to see if we got somebody that can block him. There might be a better DN out there, but we ain't trading ours. So how many teams are going to have to double-team him? I mean, that's what I'm hearing Coach say. So if he's getting double attention or so you know he's getting a lot of focus who else does that mean landon jackson may have improved numbers i mean that's that's kind of what i'm hearing there chuck is jeff coast the kind of player that there's not going to be a snapper the quarterback hasn't been trained by the oc all week you better know where seven's at before you snap the ball he can wreck your entire play that could leave landon jackson or, or a number of other guys available to to really make the highlight play well you hope so you know you hope he's that type player and you hope he's not the only one you know, that's the thing that I would say is you hope he's not the only one because um, it's going to take a lot more than him. But obviously, he's turned some heads, and he's a guy that they do talk about a lot. The thing that I'd say is there are 10 other guys out there every snap, and he's not going to be out there on every snap. So you better have a lot of other good guys, too. And it, it sounds like they do, and I hope that he's everything they're talking about him being. Uh, and. You know, a couple of weeks we're going to start finding out. And he's got that single digit as a defensive lineman. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, you got to. You don't just you know, you get one of those. That. Yeah, you don't just get you one know. of those. And no, you got to earn that. It is unique. So Trajan's twenty three. Kudis is nineteen, and that's the Good the point. matchup consistently. You see, Patrick's out of Christian Brothers High School again. He's he's basically a year and a half removed since playing high school ball. So how much better does that make him? How much more SEC ready does Patrick Kudis get, Chuck? As a result of those. Those snaps and and those repetitions in practice going against someone three to four years older than him, I can't help but believe that's not going to improve his game quickly. Well, I think it does all the tackles, you know, and I don't know how they're going to line him up. I don't know if he's going to be on the same side every time, if he's going to play strong or weak or line up, you know, how they're going to do it. But whether it's Kudis or Shambly or Crawford or any of those guys, uh, Manuel, anybody that he lines up across from, is going to get better. And, and I, I've said this before. I, I don't just think it's him. Um, I think the offensive line is tested by fire every day. When they go good on good, um, I, think, I think they're really tested in practice right now. And I think they're going up against a line that is going to be very formidable in terms of what we think of an SEC defensive line being. And so, yeah, there's, there's going to be progression there. At least theoretically there should mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of the tackles, Coach dove into that a little bit and said that basically Shambly would be the one to go out with the ones or had the right to, to run with the ones right now because Manuel has not been able to go. 
Chambly's earned the right to go out there with the ones. Dev hadn't practiced until yesterday. He did get third down with the ones, and he did get uh, six plays the second time we ran out, ones versus two with the ones. Dev's a really good player, but we certainly didn't want to disrespect Andrew for all the great work that he's done, but he did get some ones as well. So it's good in the value of the sense that Andrew's getting to play a little more. Devin's not out for a, a long period of time if he's going to Good to hear up. that he's back out yeah, there. It's it's good that that aspect. It's kind of like uh, Chris Poupal's been sitting out, it seems like, lately. So Crook and some other guys are getting some more spots at linebacker at this well, point. Well, what I hear him talking about there on the offensive line is that if Manuel is healthy and if the next couple of weeks go okay, he's going to be the starter. What I heard him say there was, at the end, you don't want to disrespect the work Shambly's done. Manuel's been out. Shambly's been working with a one. So you scrimmage, you put him out there with a one. Manuel scrimmaged on Saturday, but you don't automatically put him back in there. But I do think, when you read between the lines and listen to the voice inflection there, it's pretty clear that if Manuel... You know, if he's healthy and if the next couple of weeks go okay, he's going to start and Shambly's going to play. I'd say that's a, a pretty good assessment to, to this point. I, I'm curious, again, when they try to – and weeks one starters don't necessarily uh, indicate who's going to be starting by week 13. And then also, again, you what you always point out, Tommy, is just because you start doesn't mean you always end the game or you're not in crucial moments and situations as well. well and coach, on the talk, position. coach talked about – there wasn't a lot of big plays in the scrimmage on Saturday. I mean, we talked about Satania's kickoff return, but plays mm-hmm. from scrimmage, uh, a lot of first downs, Chuck, not a lot of big, long touchdowns. He also talked about the kicking game being lethal, that, hey, we get the ball around the 40, and we got a guy in, in little that, that can put it through the pipes. I think that's got an opportunity to be a real weapon for Arkansas this year. That's, that's the... You know, that's the phase of the game that doesn't get discussed as much as the offense or the defense until you're not any good at it. And then it gets talked about every day. Um, So I do think Arkansas has got a chance to do some things there. Now, look, it's unless the team feels like they're really good and kickoff return, they're not going to kick it to Satania. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to kick it somewhere else. And um, if he's as good on punt returns as people say, well, they're going to try to punt it away from him. So, to me, when you really talk about success in special teams, a lot of it has to do with your coverage, particularly your punt coverage, how good your punter is in terms of field position, in terms of being able to put the ball in the zone, because we think sometimes a punter is just trying to kick it as far as he can. Sometimes the troubles come because he's, he's not able to put it in a zone. If he's able to do that, um, and you've got a place kicker, that is consistent, like little is apparent, or like he's been, and now his range is expanding, you've got a chance to have a pretty good special teams overall. I'm talking about all four of the teams. And I think Arkansas has got a chance to be really good. They're as good as they've been since Pittman's been here. And that's how you win the battle of field position. Exactly well, how you part of it. That's yeah. for sure. It's part of it. And um, you've, you've got to be good in that area. And also, you think about the, the four losses by nine points. I mean, how many different of those games. I know everyone points to the, the game at the end against Texas A&M, but Cam only attempted 16 field goals last year. It's not like he attempted a ton. He's 13 for 16 and could end his career as the all-time percentage leader here at Arkansas. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be settling for field goals, but it feels like yeah. when you can't get there, you don't feel comfortable in that third down conversion, you got no. a few more options. 
But if it's third down and you're at the opponent's 38, 37-yard line, you've got more things at your disposal as a play caller because you know your kicker can make one from 50-plus. That's exactly right. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Arkansas did get some exciting news out of Ruskin's alma mater, Tommy. Three-star linebacker Wyatt Simmons has committed to the Razorbacks. Now, this isn't your typical three-star kid. He's got offers to Oklahoma, Clemson, Florida State, Auburn, and others. Pretty highly recruited player out of... Cersei, and they got his commitment this past week. Cersei High or Harding Academy? Uh, he he goes to Harding Academy, okay. but just in the, the Cersei area. All right. That's been a good program. They've won a lot of championships the last five or ten years. Yeah. So, he's good a, program. He's a guy that was, again, highly recruited and uh, luckily gave his commitment. Just posted a picture of him and Coach Pittman. I thought that was a very nonchalant way to announce your commitment this weekend. Uh, guys, I got some news. Alex Collins' his funeral is uh, this uh, is this Sunday, the 27th. They're going to have his birthday celebration. It would have been his 29th birthday this Saturday, but it's going to be the celebrations at the uh, the, the funeral home at, uh, in Miramar, Florida, and then the again, the funeral is going to be the day after that. But that's uh, I saw that announcement over the weekend. They were asking if you want to send flowers or a note or an interaction, you had to call on Alex with Alex Collins over over the years, they were asking for that as well. But that's a, those both events are happening this weekend. And I imagine there will be some of his teammates, uh, both professional and from from college here in Fayetteville, no that uh, will make their way there. So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, Keith Stokes, we we talked about uh, Mr. Stokes a little bit earlier. Unfortunately, have to share with the news if you haven't heard that he passed away at the age of of sixty. Uh, for those that don't know who Keith Stokes is, he had nearly 30 years of doing the Tusk program, something that was brought back uh, several years ago. Um, Chuck, you can speak to kind of him a little more than Tommy and I can. Just, uh, again, your reflection on Mr. Stokes having to, unfortunately, talk about his death this morning. Well, he was just a giver in every way. I mean, Keith was just a giver. And this was a labor of love and one of many, many things 
that Keith and Julie and their family were involved in that were labors of love. I mean, Keith was, uh, uh, you know, as Hunter said in his uh, release, was, you know, the, the epitome of, of what an Arkansan is. And um, his, his service um, extended way beyond this program. I mean, way beyond this program. And um, I know in Dardanelle, where he lived in Yale County, uh, Pillar doesn't really adequately describe it. I mean, he was on so many boards and committees and uh, Senator Cotton staff and was, um, you know, a voice for a lot of farmers, uh, not only in that region, but around the state as well. So he just touched a lot of lives in a lot of ways. And we know him uh, as as um, those who, you know, took care of Tusk. But it was so much more than that. I mean, um um, you know, anyone that's involved in the care of animals knows it's a 24-7 job, or it certainly can be, and it was it was always a labor of love for them, and always has been, and um, just a wonderful man, wonderful family, and, um, but you know, his, he's, he's got a big legacy that's going to live on in a lot of areas, and, you and think, most people can't say that. You, you mentioned that, you know, the care for animals and, and, and the giving he did. It wasn't like Tusk was the only animal he cared for. They had a family farm. Well, yeah. You, you think about Saturdays, uh, you think about all these trips and road games and events, there was a lot of time he spent away from his farming operation just to make sure fans could enjoy Tusk. You know, there aren't many people in the world, I would say I've met a handful, that you never hear anyone say of them. He always wants to know what's in it for me. Keith was never, ever a person that wanted to know what was in it for him. Um, I've never heard anyone ever say anything other than that about him. They did this, and I'm just talking about the Tusk, and I'm sure there are many, many other areas too. They did this for so long. Burden or burden with a lion's share of the expense on this. I mean, it's only been in recent years when you know people have, I think, come to fully appreciate what they've done for many years. And uh, again, it, it's uh, only givers do things like that. And he was a giver. Yeah, no, uh, no other better better way to frame it this morning. That's going to do it for your hog update. It's brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight. Eight, 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 Sparky. You guys have any interest in the uh, the Swamp Kings documentary miniseries that comes out tomorrow night? For those that don't know what that is, it's the um, short series on the Urban Meyer Florida Gator teams that Arkansas went up against and played them in 2006, of course, in the SEC Championship. You went down to the Swamp in 2009, and I think you played them one more time either in 07 or 08 during that spin. Yeah. Any so, interest? So do they admit in the documentary that we got hosed down there at Yeah, 09? we got hosed in 09. Are they going to admit, is that part of the, uh, you know, the, the script? They're going to delve into the Malcolm Shepard yes, call and like, Dennis Johnson being hit 10 yards out of bounds. They're yeah. going to delve into that. I, if they're not, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> oh, I, listen, there's no one that's angrier than what happened in Mark Curls, we're going to talk about Mark Curls in this? I'm just, I'm just openly surprised that you're actually admitting we got hosed down there. I, absolutely. The, I mean, we got screwed Boinked. I well, mean, we don't need any more adjectives. We get we get the I mean, point, but I don't know that that will be the centerpiece, though, of this this nope this well, Netflix you know, documentary. I mean, the SEC wanted one versus two in the SEC championship because Bama was two, and or maybe Florida Mark Earls just wasn't very good at his job that day. And they back to your original question: Do you have any interest in it? No, nah. <laughs> no, nah, don't, don't care. Does Urban Meyer admit he's a scumbag? Does he? Does, does that come up? 
No, no I, okay. it's not gonna. I'm I gonna, probably won't watch. I'm that. gonna watch it. The Johnny Manziel documentary is great. You can hate Johnny Manziel. I didn't watch it either. It was it was really good. I, I I'm think, sure it was. I think this one's. But gonna my be life does not feel any less enriched because I didn't watch it. Fair enough. So I watched think him play. Comeback. I was there. I watched it all. I, I mean, I don't, I don't need to watch a documentary about it. I saw it. I'm, I'm not saying he's not a scumbag. I just saying that I'm scumbag. There's plenty of scumbags over the years. Michael Jordan's a scumbag. But, but Urban it, Meyer. Wow. Well, the Michael Jordan scumbag Man. route, huh? You I'm, ever met him? Have I ever met him? No, but I've read countless okay, stories. Okay, all right. I'm just asking. He's I, my, I, I don't know either. Listen, I don't know either. He's my favorite player ever to play a sport and I can still say well it's not exactly the nicest individual when you punched out at least two of your teammates that at least been spoken to that's not exactly well, maybe they had it coming you know yes yeah, Steve Kerr will <laughs> Purdue those just goes those guys just look like they had it coming at this point but now I, I think it's gonna be good I'm curious to see they will probably not touch on that 2009 game Chuck no, to, they your, should. to your question yeah that game is and how uh, bad Mark Curls was at the end of that game. I don't know what was worse is how the SEC championship concluded or Arkansas just getting ripped out of a win against the number one team in the country out of the road. Hey, you're going to Gainesville this year, right? I'm That's planning plan. That's plan. We, I, I've got something cooked up for the road. I can catch the flights just right. Yeah, I'm planning on going. I've got so. something cooked up for the road trips this fall that we're going to do. and call it Hogtails. I'll tell you about it. Oh, well, it's a good idea. Can't wait. It'll, it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Before we hear what Coach Pittman had to say, let's hear what Coach Williams had to say about the maybe the pass catchers that have been standing out. Tesla, I think, is really good. I think Luke has is, is good. <laughs> but I could go on and on. But it's, it, starts, it starts with the players because they have the skill set. But it also Coach Enos and Coach Guyton putting them in a position to make those plays. Heard a lot of good things about Isaac Tesla from Hillsdale College, the transfer. A lot of good things about the incoming freshman, I guess the on-campus freshman now in Luke has. I think that has is going to start. In the first game, I think that Isaac Tesla is going to start. And I think Andrew Armstrong is going to start. So that's two of the three wide receivers and, of course, the tight end. What did Coach have to say about the other posi- the other position? Yeah, I think two of the three we're pretty locked in on and we're close on the third. But we're going to play about six of them. But I do think two of the three probably had a little bit ahead of the other guys and we're pretty close on who the other one would be to start. But we're going to need six of them to play well. 
Guys, in my opinion, the only wide receiver battle really going on right now that hadn't been solidified is slot between Bryce Stevens, Isaiah Satania, and then maybe Jaden Wilson could factor in there as well, according to Coach, who kind of spoke to him on Saturday. Yeah, sounds like all of them are going to have chances to play. And, pardon me, you may have a situation where one starts – well, you will have a situation, obviously, where one starts in the first game. Might not be the start of the second game. Sounds like you've got some guys there that can play. And Satania is certainly one that's going to get some chances. Yeah, and then he was talking about six different guys going to, to play uh, when, when Coach Pittman was talking about it. But they've kind of got two or three they really like. And he didn't want to really name names. But I, I think you can kind of read between the lines and figure out who he really is likes. That, is that, go ahead, go Trent. Ahead. Well, well, I, was gonna, I, I was I was just going to say I, I think your six are Armstrong, Tesla, Satania, Broden, Wilson, and Stevens. I think those are your six right there. Maybe wrong. You might have somebody else slip in there, but I, I would suspect those are your six, and all of them are going to play. Yeah. You know, to, to which ones go first in that first wave? I'm not sure that matters as much as you know. I'm sure, there, there's some pride in starting. There's some pride in being the first out there, but uh, I don't know that it matters as much as we make it out to be. Well, here's the thing, though. I do think. When you look at this crew, they brought in a lot of new guys. Mm-hmm. You do expect Armstrong and Tesla to be there every week. I mean, you didn't bring them in here not to start. You didn't bring them in here not to play the majority of the snaps. So, you know, that's a spot where when he says we're set on two of three, that's good. You should be. Um, and if you've got a freshman battling for that third spot and he's good, or if you've got a player like Stevens who's good, who's not played a whole lot, you're going to have a battle there. You should have a battle there. Mm-hmm. So I think everything he said about those spots, I think it's right where they need to be. What do you think about what I think about? the? They've got, again, Armstrong, Tesla starters. I'm a little less uh, less sure about Luke Haz starting, but I think he's probably going to get the nod. And then just that slot being open, being an open battle at this point, Tommy. I don't know about the tight end. I don't know. Um some of it may depend on, you know, what their what their script says. We don't know. They're not going to start two tight ends. I mean, they run point. a lot of 12 personnel. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Haz out there, maybe somebody else too. I think they like this Gums kid, guy from North Texas. And I think it would be, um, you know, I, I think you'd be misdirected if you wrote off the guys who'd been here. Yeah, and Nathan Bax, I know Coach Pittman at the the top of the press conference kind of spoke about him a little bit. I know that he's not exactly the most heralded guy in that group, but he's a guy that's been around the block and a guy that's going to be essential in your run block and stuff. He's a football player who knows what they're trying to do. He's talking about 12 personnel or two tight ends, someone that, you know, knows Dan Enos from before and knows him now and and understands his you know, 11 and 12 is where he likes to be. So two tight ends, like you were saying, Chuck, is particularly where he feels more comfortable, I think. Yeah, as it, I, mean, as it I wouldn't be. rule it out. Yeah. I wouldn't rule anything out. I wouldn't rule him out coming in five wides. I don't think we'll see that, but I yeah. wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, Ton, to that point. They're going to be multiple. I know that Travis Williams was asked about that. You're going to see some different stuff from him. I think you're going to see some stuff. He's talked about, we talked about last week, uh, KJ Jefferson being under center, which we're going to see more of in this offense this year, but I think you're going to, and it just kind of depends on who you're going against and the personnel aspect. Well, I think what he said, too, in the soundbite you played right at the top of the hour there is really telling. If it's third and 12, third and 12, we're putting the ball in KJ's hands. You know, whether it be as a thrower, whether it be as a creator, whether it be as a combination of the two. Um, You know, we talk about a lot of these 
positions, and that may be the end of the play. I mean, mm-hmm. this you know these guys may be the end of the play where he goes. But I think that what comes through most loudly and most clearly is that the trust level they have in their quarterback, they're going to put it in his hands when the big plays are on the line. Now, obviously, they're going to call the play, but it's going to involve you know, K.J. making decisions, K.J. ultimately determining the success or failure of the play, or at least theoretically you want it to come down to that. If everybody does their job, they got a pretty good chance. Oh, Chuck, to your point, K.J. doesn't put the ball in harm's way that often. I mean, well, he hasn't. He hasn't. Single-digit interception. I, I know they run more sometimes than most traditional powerhouse throwing teams, but when they do throw, K.J. again has good accuracy for the most part. He's got to work on some things, but the inter- interception part of his game hopefully stays where it's been because if it does, then they're not going to turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, he's been really good in that area. Very, very good in that area. I, I'm more concerned. I'm not really concerned about him throwing interceptions. Mm-hmm. When I think about turnovers, I think about hanging on to the ball, whether it be your quarterback, whether it be your running backs, wide receivers after the catch. They'll drill you in this league, man. I mean, they drill you, and they try to separate you from the ball. He's been really good at avoiding interceptions, and I don't mm-hmm. suspect that will change. I don't suspect it will. Um, turnovers happen when it comes to protecting the ball. And that's um, that's that's the area that you've got to focus on. We've talked about timing a lot, too. And, again, getting synced up within this new offense. I know that there's going to be some elements that KJ's used to and some other stuff he has to get used. But also just the water receiver. Again, you can't overlook this stat. Five of your top six pass catchers from last season are no longer on the team. So even you've had spring, summer, fall to kind of get acclimated with everyone else. But, I mean, for some guys, you don't really see them kind of have that secrecy since, I mean, it it takes a little bit. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Did Arkansas have a great group of receivers last year? I wouldn't say so. Okay. All right. Then, yeah, five of them are gone. Okay. You weren't that great to begin with. Let's bring in a whole bunch of new guys and see if we can elevate our game. That's not knocking the other guys who were here. Everybody did their best. But, um, you know, let's not lament the fact that five of the top six are gone because I think that spot, like a lot of spots that were addressed in the offseason, needed an upgrade. And we'll see if they've gotten that. You know, the question I have still is separation, and and that's based on – talking to two or three people that have seen multiple practices and separation from the wide receivers is still an area that being coached hard is still evident from watching that there's got to be some improvement is at the line of scrimmage at the snap getting separation and getting off the ball, off the line and that's again we'll see if Arkansas you're talking about improvement that you might see at the wide receiver position hopefully you'll have some improvement at cornerbacks too Arkansas will play better cornerbacks that are playing in practice so if that's an issue like you're talking about you think it's not going to be an issue in well, Tuscaloosa or Death Valley or the Well, swamp it's going to be an issue everywhere. The thing that the you know you you we talk about reads from the quarterback, sometimes even reads from the center. There's a lot of reading going on from those receivers. Huddle, pre-snap, after the ball snapped, uh, finding the soft spots, understanding zones, uh, being able to read as the play develops. Um, there's a lot more to it than sometimes meets the eye in terms of being a great pass catcher, being a great route runner, you know? 
You got to have all those things. Well, one of the things you spoke to in one of the podcasts last week, Chuck, was Traylon Burks. Everyone remembers his hands. Everyone remembers his speed and his breakaway plays. But one of the other underrated aspects of Traylon's game was he was so good when teams did zone Arkansas. He was always open. And he always, again, seemed to be in the right place at the right time. That's not luck. That's, again, football IQ, and he definitely had an element that was an underrated part of his game. Well, and you hope these guys have something similar. I mean, not to say you got to be trailing Burks. There aren't many of those. But, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's just a lot to it from the mental aspect. And I don't want to overplay and make it sound like we're, you know, offering some, you know, you know grand development here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, receivers have to do this on every snap. But it's an important part of what they do. What do you think about this topic? If you want to jump in with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, our number is 877-377-6963. Again, 12 days out from Razorback football, high school football really gets going in the state of Arkansas this week, and then 17 days out to the NFL season as well. Like I said, we do have college football back this week. I had forgotten one of the craziest games of the college football season this week when Notre Dame takes on Navy in Ireland this week. Be a good trip. It's going to be fun. I've, be got a fun a, trip. I've got a friend that went to accounting school at Notre Dame. Well, went to Arkansas for undergrad, went to accounting school for Notre Dame. Loved it. He's going this weekend with his dad. That's that's a game. That, that's a bucket list type of event, Tommy. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, Hawaii's flying over to take on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt yep. Stadium's not ready, guys. They're going to play that game in a local high school stadium in Nashville. I was listening wow. to... Uh, Dari Noka talk about this yesterday or a day before on on the radio. They, they're, you know, their stadium is nowhere near ready, so they uh, they've got some work to do, and they're going to move it to a, I guess one of the better high schools there in Nashville. Chuck, you know, we were over there for basketball last basketball season, and I can, you know, we stayed in the hotel right there by the football stadium. You could see all that construction. I could see it out my window. And I can remember thinking, man, they got a lot of work to do between now and then. Well, now it looks even worse. You know, now it's yeah. on both ends. Yeah. So apparently they are nowhere close to uh, finishing. It kind of, And I'm not knocking them. Uh, they've got a mission as a university. But you can tell that getting that football stadium done is not part of their mission. Well, right you know, <laughs> Arkansas is going to go through this with Bud Walton Arena. They're going to have to displace the I'll games. bet it happens faster but, in Arkansas than it does I bet, in Vanderbilt. I'm I bet sure they don't move that. to Fayetteville High very often for the game. No. But let's have a look at it. They got Hawaii, then they got Alabama A&M and Nashville, then Wake yeah. Forest and Winston-Salem. So they have got uh, till September 23rd before they play a conference game at home. So I don't know if they're, I mean, based I on what I've seen, they're, uh, I don't know. I'm with Chuck. It doesn't look like it's almost reverting in the opposite way. Now, Arkansas played, I guess it would have been, what, the 2019 season with the, the construction in the north end zone, but it didn't look near well, as... Well, they played way back when with the south end zone, and that's when it really looked crazy, back when Arkansas beat Tennessee and they hauled the goalpost out of the, you know, that that era was when it looked bad. Did it? Okay. But, um, you know, the north end wasn't great, but both times, I mean, it's kind of like... You know, going through road construction. Man, you hate it. And then when it's finally done, it's like, boy, this sure is nice. And so I think that was kind of the way with both ends. Yeah. You talk about that 98 game, and then uh, they came back and see it had been 01 when they dedicated and opened the stadium against Tennessee, yeah. and there was a major thunderstorm. That, yeah. that, oh. Severe enough that, that they night. stopped the game. Wow. And I was seated on the front row of the, of the west side, and all that water was coming down. It was like shin deep there so we 
took cover in the south end zone tunnel. Nobody was stopping anybody. I was within probably five or ten feet of Phil Fulmer for like 45 minutes waiting out the storm as everybody just kind of stood in that tunnel. What were you there. saying to him? Nothing. Were you I was just, I did What I didn't know. No, what I didn't want to do was get thrown out because if you got thrown out, you were out in the rain. And I wanted to stay uh, right there in the dry. So I was, I'm, I minded my manners. Mm. He is. Because, uh, I mean, it was a torrential downpour. Lost 13 to 3. Yep. It was a tough game. Ugh. Jeez, that was. But they dedicated the stadium that night, and then, um, well, that was nine. It was oh one. There had been some movement in the schedule because of nine eleven. So, but uh, that was because they had to push that back to to that game. I, I wish Arkansas. And I'm excited to have Tennessee come in. I've got some uh, friends that went to Knoxville that are coming down to Fayetteville here next year. I wish Arkansas played Tennessee every year. I know you can only pick a certain number of teams in football to play every year, but I do miss that game. Those were some great games. I know some some of them didn't go our way, but there were some great games back in the day. Uh, USC is hosting San Jose State. We'll see if Caleb Williams gets his Heisman campaign repeat going. If you want to watch some film, which I know all y'all are avid film watchers, Florida International, who's on Arkansas' schedule. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you watch yeah, all the film, Ty. You go play, ahead. They play Louisiana Tech if you want to scout them. Uh, you don't have college game day this week, so if you turn on your TV Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, it's not till next week Well, they'll be in Charlotte for the North Carolina and South Carolina battle. But you at least have, again, some some college football to Got watch a little bit. Got a little, a little bit. bit coming up. Appetizers. Arkansas. Fact, this might not be appetizers. This may be the snack mix that's on the table near the bar as you're walking in before you've even gotten your table yet. This is yeah. a goldfish. This yeah. is a goldfish. Exactly. I like goldfish, man. Goldfish I is too. It's good stuff. You know you're in a cool bar when they offer, like, pre- they have the, uh, the stuff sitting out of, like, pretzels or goldfish or whatever the case may be. Is that what makes it a great bar? Well, I mean, there's there's certain aspects that a bar needs to have. It's a good to, sign. Yeah. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. I am not a clubby person. I like going to a, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dive bar, though, but a place that feels like a dive bar. If they have food, that's a plus. Well, I was wondering what you wanted to do. Yeah. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. you and listen. I was wondering what you prefer. Listen, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do this fall. <laughs> so when Arkansas steps foot into Baton Rouge, Louisiana on September the 23rd, and they win that game, KJ, this is unbelievable. Instead of you flying back with the team, I know you got some post game wrap up to do. You, you, I'll, I'll drive us back that next day, and we'll uh, we'll go out that night. We'll have a good Not old a day. chance. We'll have we, a good we old day. We could win hundred to nothing if that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I figured you'd jump at that opportunity, jump no, at the bit. Are we still going to? Drunk. Are we still going to Rafino's that Friday night? No, nope. that's still the plan. Well, I am. Okay. I've, also, I've, I've had you carefully excluded from the list. Also, I mean, I had to break that to you, but you're not going. Am I going to get? Am I? Do they have a picture of me at the door, Chuck? That's not going to. Not going to happen. I don't know. I'm excited. You got some great road games this fall. We were talking about that a little bit last week. I mean, you get to travel to. I know that stretch sucks from a from a coaching standpoint, but I mean, you go to Baton Rouge, you go to Dallas, Texas, and AT and T Stadium. You go to Oxford, Mississippi, in the Grove, and bought Hemingway, which the actual game in the stadium's not that great and then you go to tuscaloosa alabama you know one thing about our league wherever you go people say this about our place is that you know there's a uniqueness to every spot that you go it's Mm -hmm. unique in baton rouge um it's obviously different in dallas when you play in that stadium and all of our history with with the uh, cowboys ownership and vice versa and um, you know, you go to Ole Miss. I, I don't care about the Grove. That's not part of my day. But um, it's obviously unique at Ole Miss, and it's that way at Alabama. And that, that's one of the things that makes our league great. Yeah. And when they come to Fayetteville, you talk about that, you know, 
I'm sure your colleagues at the other school, they're all trying to figure out how, how do I score a table at Herman's on Friday night? How do I get you know all the great spots? Well, some the, of them have been able to do that yeah. pretty well over the years. <laughs> you just talk to Chuck. Just call Chuck. No, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. I can assure you. They, uh, they've managed their system just like when we travel. We have yeah. certain places where they know we're coming. Part of it. So part of the part of the experience at this point. I can't again we're twelve days out from Arkansas football, college football gets going. There's a lot of hard enough football. for the locals to get in there on a Friday night, much less uh, yeah. the, the big wigs. So. Oh, that is a when your dad says when you're a senior in college and you said I'm taking your Hermans for your graduation dinner, there there aren't many no. better experiences than getting to do something then, like know, that. But that's as much a, a part of you know, what's woven into the fabric of college football in the South is the places you go in Oxford, or the places you go in Fayetteville, or you know, well, it, it, because these aren't big. T- I mean, Dallas is a is a different deal. Yeah, but I mean, these aren't th- these are towns much like Fayetteville. These are cities, not not. Or these are towns, not cities, not metropolitan areas 100%. in most cases. Nashville well, would be the you one think exception. About, you think about every fan base in our league. We've all got traditions. Yeah, we've all got certain places we stop. We've got certain spots along the way we associate with members of our family and memories and all that stuff. That's that's part of what makes college football great. That's exactly right. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.